Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. We've been in this series, Resistance, uh, for the last three weeks. Today we finish up this series, and I would be remiss if I didn't just recommend this book. Uh, This book is called Live No Lies. You've heard me talk about this during the series. If you read no other book this year, get this book. Live No Lies. The author's name is John Mark Comer. Subtitle, Recognize and Resist the Three Enemies that Sabotage Your Peace. It has been, um, it's the, uh, the, the book study that the guys are doing right now here at Restore. Uh, it's creating great conversations and uh, it's being very impactful uh, because uh, there are so many truths contained in this book. And uh, normally, well, I didn't used to use the highlighter very much, but... Um, This book is completely highlighted, or else I'd give it away to you, but uh, I'm going to hang on to it, uh, because it reminds me of of, uh, the truths. Uh, It mirrors the truths found in the Bible, and that's always great. If you have a book that talks about Jesus, if you have a book that talks about principles of God, it's awesome when it actually agrees with the Bible, and this one does. So I'm highly recommending that uh, to you all. So our church has been in a process called strategic operations, and um, uh, it, it can be used in the business world as well, but we've been using it to figure out how do we chart a course for the next five years? Where do we go from here? And part of the conversation for me has been getting my head around my disdain for strategic operations. So I had to like jump in and urge my team to jump in because it's important. And I know it's important, doesn't mean I like it, but it's important. And so um, uh, when I thought about strategy and the three enemies of our soul, I was reminded that the enemy, the chief enemy of our souls, the devil, comes at us with a strategy. He doesn't come at us lackadaisically. Like, he shows up. He knows what he's going to do. He knows what buttons to push. He knows where to take it so that we will hear him. He knows what to whisper. He doesn't say the same thing to me as he says, says to you. He says what we need to hear, what he thinks we need to hear. Individually, he has a strategy. So should we. So the strategy as we see it uh, is, first of all, identify the enemy. And so here you go. The three enemies of our soul are the uh, the devil, he comes at, it with, at us with deceptive ideas that play to our disordered desires, which is our flesh. And this is normalized in a sinful society, which we call the world. So as we consider all of this, and as we've talked about it over the last number of weeks, uh, there are a few questions that we might be considering even this morning as we live in this world. We might be thinking things like, Why is my mind under so much duress? Why do I feel anxiety? Why do I feel so burdened? Why do I feel inflicted by the ideologies of our time? The stuff that happens all around us. 
The things that we're aware of, the things we're unaware of, those things that happen in government, both at the national level, state level, local level. Why does the bad news never seem to end? Literally, I feel like I've never lived in a time when so many repetitive, like it's just one thing, then the next thing, then the next thing. And it's been like that for a couple years now. Here's, here's, my, here's my thinking about this, really. Like it's been happening, but it's been below the surface a bit more. And now it just pops up everywhere. And it's like, I want to be a, a, a whack-a-mole game, like where I just have the mallet and I just keep whacking that mole back down again. Get away from me. Like get back down again. That's what I want to do. Why can't we fix the world's deepest problems? That might be another question that we're asking. Why does every day seem like a battle to stay faithful to the way of Jesus? Maybe because it is. It is a battle. And maybe because our souls are actually battling and we're at war with another world. Maybe that's the case. We know we're at war. I mean, if we're honest, if we're honest, we know that we are in a battle. We are at war. We must be the resistance. Second Corinthians, Paul writes these words in chapter 10, verses three to five. He says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. What does? Our weapons have the divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension. Pretension means like every human uh, action or every attitude that we bring. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Therein lies the problem. Our thoughts, our thoughts, we, uh, even now, even now, the way we think, the way we think about life, the way we think about our circumstances, the way we dive into conversations, the way we present even the name of Jesus to people in front of us has to do with the way that we think. The success or the effectiveness of our life, please hear this, is dependent on how we think. Therein is the battle, the war that is against us. I'm 59 or 58 years old, almost 59. And it has taken me a long time to stop thinking about some things and some ways that I've been thinking. So I kid you not, it took me into my 50s before I shouted down, you know what I mean, like I told that thought to be gone. And don't come back. I'm not that person. I grew up, some of you know this, I grew up in a, uh, an Amish family here locally. And so I was always the little Amish boy in my public school classrooms. And so I stuck out like a sore thumb, right? So in my head, here we go. 
Hear me, here we go. If you don't think it's important to say to your children what will build them up, what will lift them up, tell them the truth. Don't keep telling them things just because, oh, Johnny just needs to feel good about himself. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about saying the truth. Speak life and Jesus over your children. Because when your children hear in the public square things that are not true, it's important that you as parents are telling them the truth when they come home to live in your house. You have to keep building them up in the way of Jesus so that when they depart from your home, that they won't keep listening to the lies they've been believing about themselves. Because I was just a little Amish boy, and it's not bad. You haven't done bad for a little Amish boy, honestly. Those are the words that I heard on repeat in my mind. And so you do things to prove that thought wrong. Do you take risks, which I'm glad I did? There's all kinds of things that I've done to combat those lies in my mind. But the only thing that is, that is effective, when you are thinking thoughts that are diminishing you as a person, the only thing that is effective is for you to call out the name of Jesus because as we sang this, as we sang this morning, the power of the name of Jesus is, is beyond any other power that we can imagine. There is nothing more powerful and for us to speak life and freedom over our children and over ourselves, there is nothing more powerful than the name of Jesus. He is effective. He is good. He is kind. And he removes those things out of our lives. Some of you might be hearing the words, introverts don't do that. Like, I can't do that. Like, I can't, I can't do that because I'm an introvert and introverts aren't supposed to do those sorts of things. Maybe that's a thought that has been implanted in you. Oh, he's just shy. Yeah, he's just a shy kid. You know, don't look him in the eyes because he'll look away. What have you been listening to? What are, the, what are the things that the enemy has planted into your mind? I'll tell you something that I've never said in front of people before. I don't have a degree attached to my name. And I've always thought I'd be smarter if I did. I've always thought I'd be better if I did. And then I watched what God did in my life when I said yes. When I said, um, I'll be willing to step out and lead a local church. What? I served in a, what's commonly called a mega church. Churches that are 2,000 plus people. And the first time the conversation came to me saying, hey, I think you should consider joining our team. I was like, uh, I'm just a little Amish boy. I don't think so. And then the guy interviewing me said, told me how ridiculous that statement was. And I took another risk. And guess what? I learned a lot 
That's the key. Like, you gotta, like, shout those voices down. That's nonsense. Because guess what? I am, my kids have been to college. I made sure that happened. They, like, we set them off on the correct, on the, we believe in education. So don't hear me say, I don't go to college. Don't do it. Yes, do. You need that experience. Go after it. Go after it with everything you've got. I just happened not to be in the place where I pursued that for a variety of reasons that I won't bore bore you with the details, but you can ask me sometime. Here's what I know. When we believe the things that have been said to us that are untrue, that are lies, when we let people take advantage of us because we don't have enough value in and of ourselves to stand up for ourselves, when we have bosses that don't get around to paying you, you know, just keep working and they owe me three weeks, but I'm not going to stand up to them and say, listen, I'm not going to be able to do this anymore. When you have the resources to actually do that, there's a problem. When you allow abuse to continue to happen to you over and over and over and over, like, I don't understand this. I sit with people who tell me how other people are treating them and how they are allowing this to happen. I don't know, it's not that simple. Here we go again, black and white. It's not that simple. There are nuances to every story. But you guys, Jesus says you are worthy. Jesus has implanted his Holy Spirit in you for you to know that you have value. And so don't let people take advantage of you. Don't stay in places that are abusive. I understand sometimes we can't get out. If you can get out. If it is a, and I'm referring mostly to just a matter of changing your mind. The way you think. Because I'm having conversations with people that are, you would never know that there was anything amiss by looking at them straight on. But it's what's going on in here. And they keep allowing, we keep allowing people to do things to us that they should not be able to do. There is value in you. You have to know it, but it takes a change of mind to realize it. See, neural pathways in our brain are formed via our thoughts. So those of you a lot smarter than me in the medical field, you know all about this. But the way you think determines how you will live. The way you think one time, two times, three times, four times, five times, I don't know how many times, but the repeated thoughts of your mind create neural pathways in your brain that require you to think that way next time. My dad used to raise sheep. And if you know anything about certain animals, and especially sheep, they, well, first of all, if one goes this direction, they all go this direction. So they're all walking this way. And then they go out here and they eat some food. And then they come back and they go this way again. And over and over and over, they walk that path until there is no grass in that spot. They could walk all around the grass, but instead they walk that path that has already been charted for them because, well, it's, there's dirt there. And they've created that dirty path. Same thing happens to us. 
in our brain, in our brains, in our thinking. We think one way, and in, it is very difficult for us to shift and make another path. So this whole message is centered around the devil. Um, I suppose there maybe is someone in the house this morning uh, that would look at me and go, uh, oh, I don't believe in the devil. Okay, all right. So if that's the case, I, under I, I can understand that. Um, the Bible calls him real. Uh, Jesus encounters him. Um, you can look around even today and you can see the chaotic aftermath of his presence and his work. He is uh, uh, given titles in scripture, titles like Satan, evil one, tempter, destroyer, deceiver, great dragon, ancient serpent. There has to be some way to explain the evil that is in this world. And I believe it is the evil one that is the creator of that. Uh, the evil one is, uh, is intelligent, but we should never uh, equate him and give him the same level of authority as Jesus. He is not everywhere present. He has a legion of agents in the spiritual realm that he himself cannot be everywhere present. Conversely, Jesus is everywhere present. God is with us. The efficacy of our faith depends on our understanding of the power of Jesus and how superior his power is over the power of the enemy. We must replace lies with truth and then the truth will eventually take root in our neuro, neurobiology because we give ourselves and we become what we give our minds to. Let me explain. Let me give you an example. Last weekend, my Wheezy, Eloise, my three-year-old granddaughter, uh, she, is, uh, she is standing uh, on the edge of the pool at our house standing like this, and her dad's in the pool in front of her. She's like, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. And then she says, uh, I am brave. I'm brave. I can do this. I am brave. And she's not talking to anybody but herself. And she's got this mantra going in her mind. I'm brave. I'm brave. And pretty soon, she jumps in. She gets enough guts to jump in. And she says, okay, I think I'm ready for the, the diving board. So she runs around the pool, over to the diving board. She gets her little body up on the diving board. And then she sits on the diving board. She says, oh, I, I'm so scared. I can't do this. And you guys, she said, she goes, I can do this. I can do this. You know what she's doing? She's creating neural pathways in her brain. She's saying the right things. Yep, you could look at that and go, she's talking herself into it. She's talking herself into being brave. Well, maybe. 
I wish some of us adults would sit on the side of the pool and go, I can be brave. I am brave. I really am brave. I can do this. I can do this. I can step into that conversation. I can be brave. And then do what she did and jump in. So we can spend all the time in the world standing on the sidelines and speaking to ourselves and trying to convince ourselves that what we're about to do is all good. It is all worth it. And if all we do is talk, then that's all it is. And all the more reason for the world around us to look at the local church and go, they're full of it. They're just full of it. They're just saying all this stuff. Nothing ever happens. They just talk. They just talk and they get together and they talk. Romans 8, verses 5 and 6. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So live in alignment with a lie. Put your trust in it, and it will come true. Live in alignment with the truth. Put your trust in it, and it will come true. Listen, whatever you give your mind to, that's what will come true. That's why it's so significant that we take every thought captive, that we don't submit to the lies that have been given us. Don't submit to the lies that are being whispered in your ear by the deceiver. Listen for the truth. Live into the truth. Do the right thing. New pathways formed from new habits. That's a very arduous, difficult task. If you commit yourself to this, it is not the easy way. Most of us, we just want the magic potion, right? We just want the magic potion, the quick fix, miracle. But miracles often happen over time. They happen over the long term. And where we get tripped up is when we attribute the same strength and efficacy to the devil that we do to God. God won't make us do anything. And the devil will try, but he can't make us do anything. But because what he speaks in our ear, what he whispers in our ear, what the deceiver whispers to us is usually mostly true. It's the 1% that is a lie that will take us down. I don't know about you, but, but my temptation often is to... Uh, subscribe to a demonic shortcut instead of taking the long journey with Jesus. Okay, so how do we, how do we, uh, we've talked about spiritual practices in previous weeks. I've, in, I've encouraged us to do, to be uh, fasting, work that into your schedule, be a people that fast and pray, people that are confessing one to another, if we speak the truth to each other, if we say, if we have a few tr trusted people in our lives that we can say, here's what I'm thinking right now. Speak to me. Here's the truth about where I'm at. Hold me accountable. This morning, I want to just continue to just encourage us. Take on the practices of Jesus. Jesus was not, uh, he didn't go into the wilderness to do nothing. He went to the wilderness to pray. He was in solitude. And he knew scripture. And so, 
John Mark Comer, in his book, Live No Lies, talks about how he has been uh, practicing uh, this thing of responding with scripture when a lie comes to him. And here's some of the stuff that he's, here's some of the words that he's been hearing. Um, when he wants to take a risk, when he's about to write a new book, stepping out in faith, it's gonna be disastrous. That's the thing he hears. It's gonna be disastrous. And then he speaks to that and he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. When he hears that, damn, my wife and I were a bad fit. We just don't belong together. I'd be a whole lot happier if we were having, getting a divorce. These are lies that we hear sometimes, right? What God has joined together, let no one separate. Husbands, love your wives. Jesus responded with scripture. When the devil came to him in the wilderness, he came to him, tempted him, and he responded with scripture. This is what we must do. We must bathe and immerse our minds in scripture. It's not just for the information, but it is for spiritual transformation. When we when we get our thinking right, when we align our thinking with the way of Jesus, we are spiritually formed. And out of that, we have whole life transformation. Finally, James 4, 7. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Uh, submission, uh, submission is the key here. If we're going to resist, if we're going to resist the enemy of our soul, then, and if we're going to be successful with it, it flows from our ability and our successful submission to God. If we're going to resist the enemy, we're going to have to first submit ourselves to God. The accuser's attacks, they just don't stand a chance against the life that is totally submitted to God. Yield to the Spirit. That's where the power of resistance is. When we yield to the Spirit of Almighty God. Would you stand with me? You put this into practice... You put this into practice, this, this idea and this practice of using Scripture to come against the deceiver's whispers in your ear. And then when he breaks into your house, when the enemy breaks into your house and he sees that you're fully armed, he's helpless and he's going to retreat. Your resistance signals to the enemy that the presence of Jesus is in you. Ephesians 4, 6. Actually, Ephesians 6 reads like this. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. You cannot stand your ground spiritually, when you are scripturally 
ignorant. So know this. Know this. This is where you fight and win. It does not mean that Jesus has said to us, your way is the golden way. The way that you're going to live is going to be easy, without pain and without suffering. This is not what Jesus reminds us of. He reminds us that his way is the more difficult way. His way is the way of laying down our lives for the other. And laying down our lives, there is nothing easy about that. Changing our minds, being transformed in our minds, not conformed to the ways of this world, is the more difficult way. But I can tell you, it is the better way. It is the way of peace. It is the way of joy. It is the way of love. Some of our neural pathways have been created in our minds because of what has been done to us. So I want to be really careful about this. But we have, we have a prayer team that's in the back this morning. And I just want to say to, if things have been done to you, some of these, some of the things that have been done to us are sexually harmful to us. And as a leader of a local church, my heart is just like messed up when I keep hearing about what the church has done, church leadership has done to those that they're responsible for. There are many, many, like I just want a week to go by where nothing shows up. I think that, that I often don't know like, what to make of what I'm seeing right now, what we're seeing as a culture and as a society. What has been hidden is being revealed. This is a really good thing in terms of revealing the darkness so that we know what we're fighting against. But the pain that is being unearthed is difficult to imagine. But if your thinking has been If your neural pathways, the way you think over and over and over, if, if the same thoughts come over and over and over because of things that have been done to you, I just want you to know that I'm really sorry. And the heart of Jesus is that you would be healed, that you would be restored, that those things would become clear to you. And so even now this morning, like if you need prayer, and if you just want a safe moment of prayer with someone, if healing for your mind is what you know you need. Because guys, you know what you've been hearing. You know the lies you've believed. We had a moment in the back room this morning 
where one of the team said, I, I don't know why, I'm feeling completely anxious right now. I'm freaking out. And I had a sense about that. Because you joined in the battle this morning when we were worshiping. We were about to step into that. And you joined in that battle with us. That's the beauty of being backstage and knowing that you are out here, that you are there, wherever you are. We're together in this. And together we can move, we can, we can move the trajectory, we can move the needle of our culture and our society if we take things seriously. If we understand the significance of our mind, the neural pathways, the habits that we formed, if we understand the significance and make the necessary changes, we will move the needle. So if you're thinking this morning, um, can't go for prayer, then you should ask, why not? And maybe you need to rebuke the enemy that is deceiving you. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.